When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Quench your thirst and suck on my udder. It's raw milk, baby, and we're back. Let's have it! Welcome to the first raw milk of the new season, our little season preview. I am Josh Cook. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend in this Stanley journey, Callum Gibson. Gibby, how are you? Yeah, steady away as always, Chief. And yourself? Yeah, not so bad, mate. Not so bad. Getting on with life, as always. Um, Well, let's start off where we always start off. What have you delved into this evening for your tea? Well, I've tried to up my game since the podcast has been on a lengthy hiatus. So the days of the spring onion butty, long gone, you'll be pleased to know. I've had a lovely pan-roasted cod loin with some skin-on fries, pushing the boat out, my friend. Gorgeous. I bet your uh, flatmates love you for doing pan-fried fish. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's one to go. Let's try again. I can't remember. <laughs> cut, cut this out. It's an uh, occupational hazard, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm not going to cut that out. Um, and also, I think that a lot of people listening would be disappointed that the the days of the spring onion butty are gone because I think we we're to the point where we were going to try and make T-shirts with that on it as well because the amount of people that mentioned that to me 
uh, were ridiculous. Um, I've also had some fish tonight. I had some nice salmon from uh, Aldi. They do those nice peri-peri fillets with a bit of asparagus. Um, and, yeah, I'm a bit on a bit of a health kick, so that was it, really. Uh, well, I'm not on a health kick. The issue is that I'm going on holiday next Wednesday, and I've been drinking like a sink, so I'm very bloated. Um, and I'm just sort of forcing myself to not try and eat any carbohydrates if I don't have to. It's funny, isn't it? The one thing you can't give up is the beer. If you get the beer, you can eat what you want. You're, well, you're not going to do it. That's it. And I'm on summer holidays. So I went out for a pint last night with my mate, and that obviously turns into eight. And then I'm also going camping Friday and Saturday this week, which I know will just be pretty much like a mini festival. So I'm already sort of thinking to myself, right, well, you're going to have three days drinking in the week leading up to going on holiday. But I just can't stop myself, to be honest. But I guess that's a that's a that's a conversation for a different kind of podcast, isn't it? Um, staying away from the beer. The AA podcast. Mm. Yeah, we haven't been invited onto that just yet, but I'm sure the day will come. Um, okay, then. Well, let's look into Stanley then. We are coming to you, yeah, like I've said, uh, 9th of August. Stanley have... Oh, my goodness gracious me. I was just about to report that Stanley had just beaten Tranmere Rovers, but Tranmere Rovers have just equalised in the 93rd minute. So that has just ruined that section completely. 2-0 um, up at half-time. Two delightful goals it was as well, which I'm sure everybody's seen by now uh, whilst you're listening to this. But yeah, Tranmere have just pegged us back. So I'm not sure. Does that go straight to penalties? Don't think so. I think the League Cup goes to extra time. The the paint pot trophy goes straight to penalties. Right. So that, yes, going into extra time then. So I guess we'll be reporting on that as, as the goals come in. Geez, all momentum with Tranmere now then going into that 93rd minute. Um, that's a shitter. But we'll carry on with our preview just as we were going to then. So, pre-season, I thought it was a pretty positive pre-season, to be honest. Some some decent results in there, beating Championship Stoke City 2-0. Sunderland, we beat 2-1 as well. Um, but I guess you always just take it with a pinch of salt, don't you? You don't really know who's, who's playing for those teams. Um, and like you say, it's always just about getting minutes in the tank, isn't it? What, what were your thoughts on pre-season on the whole? To be honest, pre-season leaves me pretty flat. Um, I like looking at the new players. I like looking at the style of play. But uh, as you say, I don't pay any heed to results. Uh, it's always good to win and breed confidence, but it means nothing. I mean, what makes me laugh is when these bigger clubs uh, play us and get sort of uh, beaten in pre-season. Like the Stoke fans are going apoplectic with rage on social media. Sunderland fans are screaming they're going to struggle in the championship. It literally means nothing. I remember when we played Nelson away. It was 1-1 after about 80 minutes and someone was screaming, this is disgusting, we shouldn't be drawing with teams like this. Uh, as it happens, we won 4-1. But again, you know, if you're playing teams beneath you, you know, in terms of league standings, you're not going to risk yourself. You're not going to fly fully into tackles and things like that. You don't want to injure yourself for the season. So for me, the, the, the glorified warm-ups, it's great to win, um, but I don't read too much into pre-season, to be honest. Yeah, I'd say exactly the same. And like you say, I mean, we, we played Blackburn, didn't we, in those two hour-long games as well, which was quite an interesting way of doing it. But that just shows, doesn't it, that they're only there to serve a purpose, really, and to get as many people, you know, with as many minutes as they can into their legs. So like you say, but, you know, like you say, winning breeds confidence. I think it was positive overall in terms of results. One or two sort of defeats here and there. 
um, a boring nil-nil draw against Wigan, etc. But I think it's good that we've sort of, most of our pre-season has been concentrated against championship teams as well, to be fair, which... Yeah. And we also acquitted ourselves well against uh, Crystal Palace as well in the opening uh, pre-season friendly behind closed doors. Got a 1-1 draw against quite a strong Palace team. So as you say, you know most of the friendlies we've had have been teams of equal stature above, um, which again, although you still can't read too much into them, it does give you more of an indication than playing sort of the likes of Warrington and Marine that we've done in sort of years gone by, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay then, so... I'd, I'd just like to touch, uh, as we did, I remember doing this originally on our first ever podcast, we we looked at the signings that we had made. Um, so I'll run through the names then, just to, so we've got them. I've just got them in front of me here. So we've got Jensen coming on goal, not Brian Jensen's son, um, which I was surprised at, really. I thought it was definitely his lad if he was at Burnley. We've got Ryan Astley, who's also scored tonight, a very, very well-taken goal. We've got Baba Fernandez. Uh, if I've butchered his name there, then I apologise. But yeah, he came in yesterday. Sean Worley, a blast from the past, which we've got a little bit of history in doing in recent years with people like Phil Edwards and Gary Roberts as well. Um, always to sort of differing levels of success, but we'll see how Sean gets on. He sort of seems to have started really well. Then we've got Roser Longello. Mo Sangara, who obviously we'll all know he was on loan for a, a very short period of time and then he was he, he got sent back to Newcastle because he got quite a bad injury. But good to see Mo back because when he when he when he was here in his first spell, he looked strong. Uh Matt Law, uh Koredi Adadoyin, who's also on the score sheet tonight, and then Alhagi Toure Cisse as well. So they're the sort of three lads up front. Um Standouts for you so far? I guess it's got to be Matt Law, really, hasn't it? In terms of the preseason and sort of, he's looked he's looked pretty confident for a man again, who John Coleman loves doing this. You know, pulling these people from absolutely nowhere, giving them the chance, and he looks he looks pretty decent, doesn't he, so far? Yeah, it looks like he could be the focal point. Looks decent. Uh, just a just a quick word: uh, the League Cup does go straight to penalties now. Uh, as we type, as we say this, it's one one all on penalties. Uh, they opened the scoring and McConville scored, so penalties at the crown ground now. Uh, but back to Matt Lowe, yeah, looks looks great. Looks about target man kind of play that could step into that Colby Bishop breach. Um, we do create a lot of chances, a lot of chances. We just can't take them. So I'm just looking tonight, you know, we've had 18 shots and only three on target. Um, so if we can get somebody who can can put those away, we'll, we'll be in good stead. Uh, the other one that seems to have pulled up some trees is the the chap the chap C say you mentioned. Um, when he came on in a friendly game, a lot of people on social media were agate. Just sign him straight away. He looks fantastic. Wow. Uh, and he's a big, big menacing chap. You know, someone you'll want on the pitch in the last 10 minutes when you're losing 1-0, uh, I expect. Um, Baba Fernandez, we needed to, to reinforce at the back. Uh, as a side note, uh, you know, Ross Sykes, a Belgian team, got beat 3-0 off Rangers today. So they've lost 3-2 on aggregate. Oh, wow. 2-0 in Belgium. Stanley Link, but uh, after losing Sykes in quite a random move, I thought, to a, to a Belgian side, I did worry we looked quite lightweight at the back. We've never really replaced Mark Hughes in terms of that organisational figure, uh, but hopefully with Astley and Fernandez now, along with the experience of the Sheriff, we should be all right. But I think you're right, Low could be the new standout, could be the new Tommy Lee, the, the Colby Bishop, the the unproven non-league gem again, which is, as you say, Coleman's trademark, isn't it? 
That's exactly it. And I know we've spoken about this before and people know it, but that is Coleman makes no sort of, um, he doesn't sort of change his story on it, does it? You come to us, we give you the chance and then you get the bigger move as we've seen with Colby, as we've seen with Caden Jackson as well in recent years. So all the best to him. Um, and yeah, obviously I hope he's a massive success and we get a good two years out of him. Um, Jensen has just saved a penalty. And I know that people will be listening to this and so they'll be like, right, well, we know the we know what the result is, so you don't have to keep doing this, but you're gonna get our live celebration or disgust as we <laughs> talk about this, aren't they? Um, Sean Wally, then what do you think about that? Because, like I say, Gary yeah. Roberts came in, didn't he? He was a little bit of a um I wrote a massive piece in the Accrington Observer, heralding it as the return of the Messiah. <laughs> and then he lasted about three games and he fucked off, didn't he? So I don't I always don't really know what to make of them, but Sean Wally, I saw the other day, he made his he made his league debut in these 16 years after his original one. So he's getting on a little bit, isn't he? Yeah, time is absolutely fucked, really. I mean, 16 years seems crazy. I can remember him playing as a young lad. Uh, just on that note, Pritchard's had a penalty saved. So it's equal again. And then they've just scored. They've just scored the next one as well. <sighs> Didn't want to cut anyway. Fucking bastards. Okay. Bastards. Um, on the topic of Wally, it's that kind of, you know, I was the same when he signed. I was like, you know, is this going to be sort of jobs for the boys? He'll play 10 minutes here and there. Um, or is it going to be a Gary Roberts where you don't really see him again? But uh, he's turning out and he's, he's playing well by all accounts. And at 35, just gives a bit of, you know, confidence, age and steel to quite a young team again now with the signings that we've got. And he seems to be, you know, chomping at the bit. Coleman seems to think he's got a couple of years left. So uh, we'll see how we go. Yeah, incredibly distinguished sort of career as well in the lower leagues, hasn't he, to be fair? He's, he's been a, a really sort of figure point in that Shrewsbury team for a lot of years now. Um, so, yeah, it can only be a positive, really, for if, if not for what he gives on the pitch, then what he can give off it as well. Um, it'll be great for them young lads coming through and he knows what the club's about as well, doesn't he? So, yeah, always great. Got, I, think, I think he's got that thing of well bouncing back because he didn't exactly set the world alight in his first spell at Stanley. He's one of these lads who's had to go back down to sort of Southport and, and build the way back up again. Um, so he knows the sort of trials and tribulations of the game as well, which will be very useful to, to some of those young players. Uh, just on the signings again... Um, Obviously, Astley, as you said, is back tonight. He's looked good. Uh, we're hoping he does well on the podcast because uh, we can shoe on Rick Astley puns in then. Of course, yeah. How about, well, yeah, he scored his penalty as well, so I might shoe in a bit of that here. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can borrow any film from his Disney DVD collection, but he's never going to give you up. You can have that. That's my gift to you. Just going to let that die in dead air there for a second. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But... um. Yeah, I mean, so he's coming on loan from Everton, hasn't he? Astley. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's that nice little mix again of sort of positive, of sort of fresh legs, um, experience coming in with young players as well. So I think it's a nice mix. I think, to be fair, I think we, we still probably look, for me, a little bit light at the back, if I'm honest. Um, just because I know, you know, I'm I'm a really big fan of Harvey Rogers, but he's been someone that's been on the periphery of the squad for the last couple of years. Um, after again, really impressing in his first season, um, and it looks like he's going to be sort of shooed in now, and he's going to be a little bit like the one of our main men at the back, which I, I think he's fully capable of. 
But it's just, again, that question mark of, right, well, if he wasn't as good or good enough last year, is he going to be able to step up and be that person who's in the team every week? So a few question yeah. marks. I'd still probably like to see as we a few more faces at the back, maybe, if not just one or two. Yeah, I mean, I worry about the the youth and lack of experience. Harvey Rogers doesn't particularly worry me because, you know, when he plays, he's always a sort of solid 7 out of 10, 6, 7 out of 10. Um, you know, he's one of these good lads who just gets his head down and uh, to the extent my, my dad thought he'd been sort of, thought he'd left the club for a while and uh, asked yeah. me where he was. But uh, what worries me is the youth at the back now with the lone players and the young lads coming in. And I think if something were to happen to Michael Nottingham, who's been exceptional, uh, I think we'd really start to struggle then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mo Sangar as well, a little word on him. Um, looked really, really impressive, didn't he, in, in sort of that first couple of games that he was with us. I really hope that he can push on because he seems like a real character and someone who who the fans can really get behind, actually. He seems quite funny in interviews and stuff like that. So um, I've also got an incredible story about him that I cannot share on the podcast. Um, but if anybody would like to hear that, then when you see me in real life, just come and ask me about that because I'll be able to tell you about um, a story that I heard that may or may not be true. Yep. Just stick your disclaimer in there. Raw milk solicitors are listening yes. to every word very closely. Allegedly, I heard something, yeah. a, a, quite a funny story about him, but I've, yeah, absolutely cannot talk to you about that. Um, in, in terms of Sangari, though, you, I mean, you're right. I mean, you never know because do you remember Tariq Awakwe last year or the year yes, before? Yes, yeah, yeah. Scored that screamer in the opening game. Like, oh my God, this is the second coming. Yeah. And he was, he was, he was a bit shit after that. Um so I'm hoping Sangari can sort of be the opposite. And uh, like you say, he seems a good lad, good crack. Could be a fan favourite if he stays fit and plays the games. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. Um, yeah, sound then. Um, well, just moving into sort of... I'd like to speak about the, the goalkeeping situation as well, because obviously we've got Toby, who's been with us a few years, who's been linked with Tottenham in the summer and here, there and everywhere. Big money moves. But Coley seems, seems to have gone with this young lad from Burnley before him in the first couple of games. Do you think that's going to carry on? I, I think that I think if Coleman sort of laid his mark this early in the season, it's not unlike him to give to, to, Toby will get his go. But it seems to me that this this new lad seems like he's he's the number one. Yeah, Coley likes that dynamic of almost having two number one goalkeepers rather than a clear second. So you go back to the days of sort of. Um, you know, Etheridge and Mooney or, um, you know, um, Elliot Parrish and uh, the other keeper that season, whose name escapes me. But uh, he, he likes that it dynamic. Was, um, the two wasn't that Mooney? Wasn't that the Mooney season? No. That was Ross Etheridge, the Mooney season. Ross Etheridge, um, yes. Yeah, Ross Etheridge. Elliot Parrish, he played that West Ham game away. I can't recall who came in and replaced him. It'll come to me after the podcast probably, but... Uh, He's done that a few times. He likes that idea of two two keepers pushing each other all season. And Toby will get his chance. But what I find interesting is he's not changed the keeper for the cup game today. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. So whether he's keeping his powder dry or he's going, you're going to play every game until you make a mistake. Or whether it's the fact that the season's so young, you know, he doesn't want to upset the momentum. Uh, and if it was say the FA Cup first round in November, it might it might change it up for the Papa John's, for example. But uh, it does seem like Jensen's coming in pre-season and played so well that you can't ignore him. You know, that save against Sunderland, the double save, outrageous. Yeah, incredible stuff. Yeah, 
and like you, everyone, they're lying if they say they didn't. Everyone thought it was Brian's son with the Burnley connection. I certainly yeah. do. 100%, 100%. I think he's the same um, same nationality as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Danish. Yeah, so we go with there. Um, yeah, these penalties are still going on, by the way. So opening two fixtures then. Obviously, we've got the, the cup game tonight, but really, really solid start, isn't it? Against the, you know, drawing 2-2 against the Charlton side who seem to have... You know, they've spent a lot of money over the summer. They seem like they, they're meaning business this year and they're sick of having to deal with um, trips of Accrington away and they want to get back into the championship. And then, obviously, winning at Shrewsbury is a massive statement on the first game of the season. Um, even though, by all accounts, I heard that we were we were pretty naff. But I've been to Shrewsbury a couple of times and it, it always strikes me as somewhere with mixed fortunes, really. We have, uh, you know, it's we haven't got... It's it's sort of a mixed record there, so it's always a little bit of um, a little bit of a lottery how you do. But great to see Tommy Lee on the score sheet as well. Yeah, I've been Shrewsbury three or four times. I don't think I've ever seen us win. Um, I've since got hammered a few times, four 0 under Beatty with ten men. That's the famous um, picture of you, isn't it, under the scoreboard? It is. Yeah, under the scoreboard, the lone Stanley fan looks on dejected. Yeah, thankfully those those days are well behind us. Uh, but it's weird because it, four points is a great haul. Um, but you were, you, if you were to guess, you would have expected it the other way around, the home win and the away draw. But uh, what I liked in the opening game is that sort of never-say-die attitude. That's That bodes well, keeping going for the point. You know, I think Stanley team has gone by. If you can see in the 94th minute, well, they just give up the heads drop. So that's a good sign. And like you said, there's nothing better than a, than a smash and grab on the road. Um, you know, so for those young lads who've, uh, who are carrying the torch in their own minibus now, I'm just pleased for them as well as anybody else. And uh, the late great Eric Waller used to say, you know, win your home games, draw away, go up as champions. Um, we're doing it the other way around, but long may it continue. Well, it makes the away trips more exciting as well. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the young lads have sort of taken the torch a little bit further this year, haven't they? And, and one of them, uh, Josh Indle's taken the, taken the reins with the away coaches, hasn't he? Yeah, so, you know, the, the, I think the tweet said something like, uh, halfway to Shrewsbury, minibus full, Logan's covered in piss. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the stuff. That's 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 what you want, isn't it? It's what it's all about. That's the spirit. Of, that is the your spirit. Late, your late teens, early twenties, riding around in a fucking shit all of a minibus to the back end of beyond to watch your team. It doesn't get better than that, you know. And a little bit of it's jealous sometimes, but uh, fair play to them. And uh, we've said before on the podcast, you know, there was a time when you didn't really see many sort of younger fans coming through. Um, so it's great to see that happening, you know, and great to see them bringing that that passion and atmosphere. Yeah, halcyon days. Them, uh, I am a, I am jealous when I see them. Yeah, because I think I think those days are a little bit behind us, aren't they? With life in general. And just as we say that, we have missed an absolute screamer of a penalty shootout, but Sean Morley has just missed his second penalty of the night. It's been saved by the keeper and Stanley Fall at the first hurdle in the League Cup. So, no real dream tie of Ewood Park just yet until later in the season with the FA Cup draw, but... What do you think about that? It's a little bit deflating, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, if it's a penalty shootout and it's gone to about 10 each... It's a, a strange little lottery, that, isn't it? 
Yeah, you can't ask for much more of them, really. Um, most people have done the jobs and you never expect to take one twice. So mentally, that kind of pressure must have been horrific for him. But um, the, the odd thing is we're out of the League Cup now, but we'll still we'll still somehow draw Tranmere in the next round. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's the way it works. Death taxes and Tranmere in the Cup, isn't it? We must have played them... It must be double figures now in, in cup ties since we've been in the league. I've been to Tranmere. Won. I've been to Tranmere twice in, in in the cup on my own. Yeah. Just so yeah, that's in the on the last 15 years or so. I remember playing them so many times. But listen, good luck to them. Um that's the cup final. But um there we go. So yeah, just looking at the fixtures then just coming up. Do you know what struck me just looking at the fixture list? Your dad's belt. We we don't talk about that. Um, what struck me is they're a bit shit for fans, I think. So the opening sort of games, the next few away games that we've got are Forest Green on a Tuesday night, which I think nobody will go to. Milton Keynes, Lincoln, a little bit better, and then Wickham, which everyone's been to, you know, in previous years because we've been there so many times for important games. So... I can't see many fans making many trips earlier in the season. I don't know whether that will have an effect on the team. Well, Accrington sides are pretty much used to playing in front of nobody anyway, aren't they, at the best of times? But what do you think about that? I just Nothing strikes me as like, oh, wow, I'm really looking forward to that earlier on in the season, really. I think we'll take a few to Forest Green out of the novelty. Uh, we've only been to the new lawn once. On a Tuesday, uh, though? Tuesday night? Yeah, I still think a few people will go. Um, just like you said, just for that novelty of this this vegan club we've heard so much about. MK Dons is an absolute shitter. I, I forgot they were in League One, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Burton, you know, us playing Burton, it's like playing your brother in a one-man Wembley. You know, it's not as exciting as playing your actual friends. It, yeah. Um, we, we've come through the together. They don't take many here. It's it's not always a great atmosphere. Um, and again, as you say, it's a sign of our growth and a sign of how blase we are that things like, you know, Division Three fixtures don't interest us. Even after that, you know, we're at home to Exeter, uh, then an EFL trophy tie against Rochdale. You know, the, the next, what you probably would call juicy one is um, 3rd of September, Ipswich at home. You know, um, you're talking about trips away, aren't you? Yeah, you know what yeah. I didn't realise? I forgot that Salford were in our EFL trophy group. Mm. So I might do that on, on Tuesday, the 20th of September, Salford away. I'll probably nip up to that one. Um, then Bristol Rovers. Yeah. So all eyes are on the Derby, aren't they? The literal Derby and the games against Derby. So yeah. uh, first, first of October, Morecambe at home. 15th of October, Derby away. But you're right. Then there's not much to get your teeth into for the for the travelling Reds, really. And uh, I, I, I guess the number of Stanley fans will be made up by the Southern Reds. Yeah, absolutely. Um just the last thing then before we go, nice and short and sweet. Um, I just wanted to touch on tonight's attendance, really. And, you know, it's it's a little bit rich, me sat here at home, sort of 30 miles away, and I haven't made the journey, and neither have you. Um, but looking at the attendance, does that worry you a little bit? Do you, does that, does something sort of sneak in here that maybe. I don't know. It was 1,035 tonight with 326 away fans. So, you know, that's well under 1,000 home fans for a home fixture. Yeah. that That's not great, is it, if we're honest about it? 
Well, we were discussing this sort of pre-recording, and, and there is that, you know, ask yourself the question, has the novelty gone? Because even that Charlton game, and I, I won't be a hypocrite, I, I couldn't make the Charlton game, but Charlton are a massive club, and that should be a game that the town are excited about. And yet there was there was two two on seven hundred from Charlton. That's fifteen hundred Accrington fans for Charlton Athletic at home. Yeah, and there are two ways. To, there are two ways to look at it. There is the way we go. Well, we've still sort of doubled our, or you know, at least added a third to our home gate in the last five six years. Or you can say, well, we're at a level now where it's sort of do or die in terms of attendances, and, and Coley can't keep producing miracles. I saw a table of the League One attendances. And obviously we were, we, were, we were at the bottom on the opening day, but we're even being left adrift by teams like Cheltenham now and Morecambe. Yeah. Know, teams of a similar standing are getting 2,000 more than us on, which over the season equates to getting 20-odd thousand more through the gate. And that's that's gate money, pies, beer. Financially, you start to take that hit as well. Um, so it is worrying. I'm not overly worried about tonight because I think cup ties historically have much lower gates. Uh, and it's the cost of living crisis. Not everyone can afford to to shell out, you know, beyond the season ticket. Um, but it will be interesting to see how many are on for the next couple of league games and whether, you know, for the area, that League One novelty is starting to wear off now. It definitely is, yeah. And I just I just wonder if Andy Hall, I think, I'm sure that that is in the back of his mind there and he'll be looking at that tonight and thinking, Christ almighty, because he, you know, he's been very, very sort of vocal on Twitter as he is with absolutely fucking everything. But, um He's been very vocal in the past in terms of, you know, we've got 2,000 home fans. We we generate 2,000 home fans. And the early showing in these first two games is 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 nowhere near that. So, yeah, I won't be surprised if he sort of does that. But again, I think it's up to the club then, isn't it, to, you know, you talk about Morecambe, they've, they've introduced incentives, you know, we can sit here and we can chat about sort of geography and stuff like that, which we always do. But I just wonder, you know, will the club maybe look at that and maybe try and rethink the ticketing sort of issues? You know, you put, you know, not to get too political, because I know that there'll be certain people listening to this who are squirming and shouting and calling me every name under the sun, if, even if I mention anything political, which if you've been on Twitter, you will have seen as well, but I'm not getting into that. But, you know, there is a cost of living crisis and that's only set to get worse in the next couple of months as well. So I just wonder if the club maybe has to sit down and think, right, what tactically can we do here to sort of try and get people that that steady flow of people coming through the gates? Because Yeah, and how do you how do you do that? How do you make it more affordable without slashing the playing budget and without making a loss? So the thing I used to say back in the day, people used to say to me it should be a tenner. And I used to say, well, it can't be a tenner because gates wouldn't double. But what you can do is you can do things like, I'm just spitballing here, but I remember Bradford City did a thing where they put it out to the area and said, right, we want to do these ridiculously cheap season tickets. Let's call it 120 quid, something like that. Yeah. We want to do that. We're laying down a challenge to you. If we sell this many, it will be that price. If we sell this many, it will be that price. So if you were to go into a season ticket and say, right, you know, to the town, you can have a season ticket for 100 quid, but if we don't sell 3,000, then it will, it's going to be 250, which is still cheap. You know, yeah. our season tickets are still very cheap and good value, but there are, there are ways around it. I mean, I'm not a not an accountant, but um, it does worry me. And I'd be interested to see the data on, um, you know, the shirt giveaway. 
Oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many of those, how many of those return, how many of those do bring adults and and, and people with them. Because um, the shirt giveaway is obviously fantastic, and even if they don't come, it, it puts the club in the mind's eye for when they are adults and can afford it, and also uh, it's advertising around the town for the club. So it's a brilliant, brilliant gesture and a brilliant thing they do. But I'm just interested on whether there's any data in terms of uh, fan retention, which will be interesting. Yeah, because I've, well, again, we out. You know, I don't, I don't have any sort of information on this, but I'd hazard a guess that there's probably fan retention after that shirt giveaway for maybe one or two games, and then that interest sort of dissipates as well. Um, but maybe, perhaps I'm wrong at that. I don't know anything about that, but judging by that, that's that's what I'd be going off. But yeah, it just struck me those first two games, and I just thought, oh Jesus, um, that's maybe something that needs to be done. Again, the season ticket sort of thing we're always going to get that sort of 1200 what we get, aren't we? But I just wonder if there's anything more that the club can do in terms of sort of walk-ons, um, you know, people on the day, things like that, Tuesday night games and things like that, which I know they've done the, they've also done the grading, haven't they now? But like you say, I think we're in tough times and I think that that maybe is something that they need to look at a little bit more. Um, but no. I'm not an accountant. No, I mean, I, I would never. It's difficult because you've got to help the product against the the audience. So the product itself, Division Three football, like playing Derby and Ipswich, etc., at twenty quid, it's it's reasonable. It's par for the course. But you're not talking about you're talking about you know a town in a, one of the most deprived areas of the country, uh, the northwest and the Lancashire region especially. To one of the top, the top ten poorest areas in Northern Europe, um, so you're looking at a place where twenty pounds. Yeah, it might be cheap to go to the football, but it's two hours on minimum wage. You know what I mean? And then you bring in your partner and your kids and things. Maybe something like you know, I don't know if we still do things like the family deals where you know rather than paying twenty pound each for your adults and ten pound each for your kids, you just say well, thirty pounds two adults three kids something like that. You know, or um, I know you're allowed to do two or three special promotions a season where it's cheaper for your home fans. I mm. remember going to Grimsby and they had a thing in the local paper where it was if you had a voucher from the paper, it was a fiver, um, but they didn't discriminate between home and away. So we all went to the um, news agents and bought 20 of these papers. <laughs> so there, there, are, there, are, there are ways around it. Um, but it's so difficult because promotions are one thing, but we've seen... You know, it's that typical northern trait we all have. I'm, I'm probably the worst for it, about for now. So, you know, we've had games that have been completely free entry in the past. The free game against Torquay, four and a half thousand now. The next week against Hereford, 1,200. Yeah. So it's all, it's, all, it's all right having promotions and getting people in once. What you need to do is promotions where people are tied in for two or three games and then they get the bug. And then you've also got the, the biggest variable of all is the pitch, what happens on the pitch. Because historically, whenever we do a promotion, the game is shit. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Yeah. So it's, uh, I'd like to see something where they go, we used to have flexi tickets. We could, what if you could only make, say, 10 games a season, you could still make a saving. Yeah. You know, th things like that are decent. Um, you know, maybe one day in future, again, I'm not an accountant, but, you know, things where you can pay monthly for your season ticket or during the season. So you've already paid for your season ticket, brilliant. But during the season, they start taking the money for next season. Mm. So 
one, it's cheaper for people, and two, you're tied in. It's a win-win. You know, but I also understand the club needs a season to keep money to get through the summer. So I'm not an accountant. Um, but I would say that when we do incentivize people to come, we have to be thinking more than okay, one big game against one team and they won't come back. Still yeah. yeah. Well, what a nice cheery way to end it, mate. Um, but yes, we're back. The new season is underway. Raw milk is here as well. Um and yeah, we go again, don't we? Stay up, we stay up to date with us on Twitter mostly. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of that we're gonna have, we're gonna be offering through the new season. Um, and yeah, come and buy us a pint on the games. We'll just stand on a positive note as well by saying unbeaten the league all season so far, and also undoubtedly still the biggest club in Heimburn. And that is a fact. Thank you for tuning into Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Bolton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.